1: This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience.
2: Welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Halliwell.
3: and I am Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we are discussing Mockingjay Part One, yikes! Uh, <laughs> Award season, and interactive Netflix movies. Well. Okay, so we're starting um,
2: <laughs> with tea time checks and with award season. You guys know the big news. I would recommend the podcast Higher Learning, The Town, but the big picture, a lot of Ringer podcasts. We're talking about everything else. Okay, this is not your destination <laughs> for that moment. So let's yeah. talk about Oscars wrap up, Amelia.
3: Yes, I just want to say, you know, I the resurgence of Lady Gaga within the last five years has been just fantastic. It's been awesome. Um, Again, we love her because she's amazing. And first up, I just want to quickly talk about it's, Been going uh, viral all over Twitter. I'm sure it's made its way to TikTok and all the other places. Uh, But Lady Gaga had an awkward run in with a new Fox News contributor, Caitlyn Jenner. (laughs) That was just announced today. Uh, She's going to be a Fox News contributor, which seems seems, you know, that seems like her lane. Yeah. Um, So it was an awkward run in at Elton John's Academy Awards viewing party. Uh, Baman Kalbasi, who I think is a BBC correspondent, shot a video of the interaction where Caitlin says, she, she approaches Lady Gaga and she says, Are you spending time in Malibu anymore? I haven't seen you at the Starbucks in a while. And Lady Gaga replies with a very curt, I've switched baristas. And it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Caitlin says, Okay, well, good seeing you. And Lady Gaga answers with a super cordial "you 2 and walks past her. And it's just like, oh, my God, people are calling it the new I don't know her. It's oh, amazing. my God.
4: <laughs> I've switched baristas is like it's just because she's not going to call you out in that moment. It's not like I know, right? such right. an obvious brush off. But like, of course, it right. is. But if you're Caitlyn Jenner, of like course. you don't realize
3: it until 30 seconds later. You're like, oh, That was like like a real brush off. Jenner might not still realize it. I feel like she's just (laughs) out of touch. Um, That's art. It's just beautiful. It's great. So God bless. And then Lady Gaga presented best picture with Liza Minnelli at the Academy Awards, obviously. And we haven't seen Liza publicly in a while. And obviously, you know, I don't want to speculate, but you can tell that she's not, you know, her usual Liza self. Um, Obviously, she's getting older. Uh, Regardless, Lady Gaga, again, handled presenting with her in such uh, like a respectful Mm -hmm. and dignified way. And just Mm -hmm. that should have been the number one moment and takeaway of the night. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't. But she she called Liza a legend. She was super complimentary, you know, as she should be. And she wasn't patronizing. She was just helpful. And there was a moment and it's very sweet. You should find it on Twitter. And she just whispers to Liza. She's like, "I gotcha." And Liza whispered back, "I know. Thank you." And it's just—it was, oh, so it was so so sweet. <laughs> she's just like it Lady really Gaga? was I know. And she's she's done this with like Tony Bennett. In another life, she would be an amazing elder caregiver. She is just yep. <laughs> such a wonderful, wonderful woman. So shout she out is. To her.
2: That was such a lovely moment. You're so right. It was. Um, my next one is, is not as lovely, but again, it's just like very tea time core in our Oscars wrap up category, but it's, it's kind of a plea to Julia Fox. Obviously this was, I don't even know, feels like months, but it must've only been a couple weeks ago when it was the, um, her appearance on Call Her Daddy with Alex Cooper. And there was this like really viral soundbite which she's like, I was Josh Safdie's muse or, or whatever, whatever. The muse and uncut jams. Uncut jams. So obviously she knows how viral that went. I swear a part of her is just like continuing to give these soundbites directly to the internet for everyone's amusement, like which is fine. But she was interviewed about a book that she's writing and I could not help as watching it just feel like she was trying to speak in a manner or, or maybe it's unintentional. I actually have no idea. She's a huge <laughs> mystery to me. But anyway, I'm just going to say it already is making the rounds on the internet. And maybe this is just... Her few, maybe this is her lane. Is like giving really viral sound bites that everyone can use on TikTok. I don't know.
4: It's what true. did she say? Are you going to tell the people?
2: Uh, but said, you know, she's very superstitious. She says she doesn't want to give too much of it away. But she says, but it's so far a masterpiece. Right. If I do that's say that's so myself. what's going to go. Yeah. Yes.
4: Uh, a and then it started
2: as a memoir and is ending up as something different. Who knows? I'm actually very curious, Amelia. You're going to have to read that book um, because you have like the celebrity book lane, but. We'll see. I'm very, very interested in reading it.
3: Yeah,
4: it's working. Huh. It's working. We're in. We're intrigued. It is working.
3: Ugh. Um,
4: next one or last one in the Oscars wrap up Just really quick, I have to ask: Are the Vanity Fair dresses always better than the Oscars red carpet? Seems like this year mm-hmm. they definitely were. I thought the mm-hmm. Oscars red carpet was fine. Uh, right. We discussed some of our favorite looks on like the Ringer Dish Oscars Recap Pod, but. It seemed like, you know, a couple hours later, all the Vanity Fair party looks were coming out and everyone was like, wow, these are all just better. And I think it's just because people let loose a little more, have a little mm-hmm. more fun. Uh, Jessica Chastain had this great oh. green dress that everyone was mm. losing it over. Uh, yeah. Zendaya. I did like her Oscars dress too,
3: though. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, green. she,
4: two for two. Uh, really, for, yeah. Three for three, really, if you include the win. Um, oh. Oh. And uh, <laughs> Zendaya wore a suit. Our, you know, nemesis Dakota Johnson, I had to just put the feud on hold for one night because she wore this incredible, I think it was Gucci, like, Mm. like feathered, sort of like gown slash caftan. It almost, I was almost like, this is too much for the Vanity Fair Oscars party. Like Mm. you're not nominated, Um, (laughs) but it was great. And just like, just, just a bunch of really fun looks. So my, I guess my question is, I mean, does the Vanity Fair party tend to just be better? And we just kind of pretend like the Oscars Mm. are the main outfit you know, of the night. I think they're definitely more fun. Yeah. Um there you go. Keyword. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think more fun is the word I would use yeah. to describe it. Makes them. sense. It makes but sense. But the answer is probably yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Grammys are also this Sunday. We're like in awards season right now. I'm sure we'll be covering it on a variety of pods. We're just going to do a quick Grammys preview. Kate, go ahead.
4: We just cherry picked the stuff that we care about. Seems like it's kind of a boring <gasps> Grammys, to be quite honest with you. But I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I do have to say BTS is performing, so I care about that. Um, But otherwise, the most nominated person is John Batiste, Hmm. who, you know, is very talented. He went to Juilliard. He had a a very popular solo album this year. But he has 11 nominations, and I know him, as I think many people do, as the band leader on Colbert's Late Show, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I mean, The Roots and Questlove were on Fallon and... You know what I mean? It's not right. like it's a it's a position where like musicians go to die, but <laughs> it also is like it just feels like a funny day job for like the most nominated artist at the Grammys uh-huh. in 2022. I'm like, you you go and play the piano for Stephen Colbert, like from nine to five, and then you go yeah. to the Grammys and win yeah. a yeah. bunch Sounds of awards. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, guess. <True. laughs> I guess he's crushing it. And that's job security for you. But I was like, yeah. wow, that was not what I expected uh, when I was looking up the most that nominated is- artist.
3: Interesting. I feel like he's very much. Your parents have heard of him, but yeah. maybe not <laughs> your friends. Almost.
4: Yeah. I, I mean, we're you know are not known for our like you know elite music taste here on Tea Time. We just like no, we like the pop girlies. uh So I don't want anyone right. to be like, oh, you know, you don't know Jean Batiste like you well, suck. No, but
3: but it's like okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not watching. I love Stephen Colbert, but I'm not watching the freaking Late Show. You know what right, I mean? Like right. I'm not doing that. Sorry.
4: And either way, I just thought I was like, hello, Olivia Rodrigo, like Billie Eilish, like all these people. And then it was like, no, it's actually jumpsies. Um, Another thing I wanted to address from the ceremony, uh, there will be lots of performances, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's also going to be a mem- memorial for Stephen Sondheim. And I am a little bit split on the performers. And I want to get your thoughts. So Cynthia Revo and Leslie Odom Jr. are doing it. Great. Love it. Two of the most talented people on planet Earth, probably. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Ben Platt and Rachel Zegler. Mm. Now, just like some real theater kid energy to yeah. like really round that out. They're both obviously also extremely talented. But I find myself slowly joining the Rachel Zegler is Annoying Squad. Oh, I, wow. I didn't want to be here and I'm hoping that I won't. But I am getting like some real Rachel Berry energy
3: from her lately.
0: <gasps> and
4: uh, I just don't know. I don't know how this is gonna go.
3: That's fascinating to me because I didn't like her because of the whole Britney Spears thing, but now I kind of like her because she was funny at the Oscars when she was like, <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna be
4: here six days ago. I was like, <laughs> right. I guess I'm still holding it against her that she went through all that trouble and then she wore a, a black dress. But I, yeah,
2: I think I don't know. I won't appreciate it um, as much because I'm not a big Sondheim. I'm not in the Sondheim Hive, um, but it'll be, it'll be good. It will be very theatrical and that's fine. You know, it it is what it is. Yeah.
4: Sometimes you got to just sprinkle some Tonys into the Grammys and just let Mm -hmm. it happen. Yes, true. Mm -hmm. You
2: guys think that Olivia Rodrigo is going to sweep this weekend? I kind of feel like she's just like a Grammys slash just industry darling. She's obviously nominated um, seven different times for all wow. variations of her Sour album. So you got Best Album, Best New Artist, Record of the Year, Best Solo Pop Performance, hmm. Best Music Video, Best Pop Vocal Album. Like, she could really take it all away and I kind of think that she will. Um, wow. Which means that I'm very excited to see what she wears, um, what she says. She's like, I don't know, so cute if she'll bring a date. Maybe it'll be Iris Apatow. They've been like going everywhere together. Hmm. Um, but, that's my bet. Is that it will be like a clean sweep of Olivia Rodrigo? What do you guys think?
4: That seems to be the consensus. Uh, yeah. I I worry that people will like turn on her a little bit if she does. Oh sweep, no. You know because yeah. yeah. she's not like the biggest artist yet. Like she definitely was like in the past year, which is why she's nominated so many times. But like, and she's up against yeah. Billie Eilish, both of whom are like the same, generally the same demographic of fan, yeah. mm-hmm. but. It just seems yeah. like there are going to be some people that were like, oh, the Grammys are a flop this year. It was just Olivia Rodrigo. And, you mm-hmm. know, she's great. I would say live performances are not her biggest strength. Yeah. And she's I think her vocals actually have gotten a lot better, like noticeably over the past year. But I could see her, you know, she's not Beyonce. Like she's not going to come out there mm-hmm. doing incredible performance. and People are going to be <laughs> like, yes. Or Adele. You know what I mean? Like there are certain yeah. people where it's like they sweep and people are good with it. And I could see her, you know, giving a performance and a certain You know, category of people being like, "Oh, this sucks." Who voted for this seventeen year old (laughs) or however? Well, there is always that
2: group of people They're always Uh, the naysayers. There
4: is. So I hope that she is great. I love her and Billie Eilish. I think Billie Eilish is probably her biggest competition, Mm. Um, and I love Mm -hmm. both albums. So I'm happy either way. You know, the person and
2: slash group that will unify us all. I hope is ABBA. They are nominated for their first ever Grammy. Guys, why? Why?
1: Why has this happened? How is that possible? It is
2: the Lord's year 2022. These people have been around for decades, making amazing music.
3: How is this their first Grammy nomination? That's so rude, and it just shows you how (laughs) bullshit the Grammys are. If these guys have never a freaking—I mean, in the first place, they haven't been nominated, and the fact they've never won. Are you kidding me? Go away
2: right I read somewhere that in 2015 Dancing Queen was inducted into the Recording Academy's Grammy Hall of Fame 40 years after it was released and oh. it's like if you couldn't have appreciated then you shan't be able to appreciate it now you don't <laughs> thank get it. you
4: no respect
2: so I'm really hoping they win the song is good I obviously like you know the sound of ABBA is from a, a previous era but I just on principle I need them to on win principle. because I love them yes. absolutely yes. agreed yep. Okay, let's do next category. So it's not worth the tea this week in social media
3: and relationship news, Amelia. Um, Okay, so this is, I guess, Oscars related again, kind of. But uh, during the In Memoriam segment, they had a little... Tribute to Betty White because she loved animals, and so they had like a cute little puppy that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was holding, and um, John Travolta ended up adopting the little puppy. I guess so him and his cute. son Ben did, and so they posted a little picture of the dog on Instagram. I think his name is or her name is Mac and Cheese, and um, <laughs> yeah, very sweet, very cute. So I love I love cute. pet
4: food names. Really mm-hmm. good, Agreed. really good.
2: Um, we're switching to relationship news. I think if there's going to be someone in this group who's going to care, it might be Amelia has my shot, but I think that Justin Long and Kate Bosworth are dating, which brings me back to a time in celebrity history of just like earlier, simpler times in the 2000s when these two people were like super famous. Now, Justin Long is 43, Kate Bosworth is Thirty-nine. They are working on something together. How? That's mm-hmm. how they met, um, and they have not publicly confirmed that they're dating. Although all these headlines that you're reading are just assuming, so we're right. like going to take that at face value. Because in December of 2021, Justin Long has a podcast, and he confirmed that he had a girlfriend. Just didn't say mm-hmm. who. Mm-hmm. They've been posting each other. They are photographed in a car together. Anyway. I love this so much. I don't think about Justin Long and Kate Bosworth often, but
3: when I do, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) all right. I like them. Sure. Do you guys agree? Yeah. I sure. Why not? They're cute together. And it seems like they're, yeah, they have similar career trajectories kind of, where, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not saying that they're not famous or successful now, but they they had a lot of success. Uh, I said that really weird. Uh, Probably... You know, like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, and they're in the same era.
2: They're all yeah. at the same yeah. time of Hollywood, which I really like them. They'll, they'll probably bond over a lot of like, I don't know what, mid aughts kind of history. Sure. And yeah. like, I don't know. I just really That's, like them together. Yeah. And they're worth talking about. Um, Agreed. Agreed. The other thing, which where does this fall? Perhaps social media will say, but could it have gotten our Oscars recap? Yes, it could have. Um, <laughs> Rihanna went to Jay Z's. Oscars after party Mm. at Chateau Marmont. This wonderful pregnant woman stayed out sober partying until 5 (laughs) a.m. And I know all of us feel the same way about socializing here. I could basically be at a party for 90 minutes and I'm like, oh my God, I'm spent. (laughs) And I need 16 days to recover socially. Mm -hmm. This woman has is just loves having fun, loves being out there, lo- has a mm-hmm. social bandwidth that beats all of us by like 10,000. I cannot believe it.
4: Good for her. And I'm glad that you noted. First of all, I was like, of course, she's sober. She's pregnant. But I love that your note was like she managed all of the drunk people sober. Like she yes. can put up with all of this. Yes, yeah. sober, yes exactly. It's just and- such an important point.
2: Imagine the attendees from three to five. You know what I mean? That's not a sober group of people besides no. Rihanna. And that no. takes a lot of patience. I, You know, we've all been there. It's just totally. like, I would have gone home early, but she yeah. loves a good time. And we love that about her.
3: I also Incredible. like your your note, your other note. If I can't find anything else, I'm on page 11 of Just Chair.
2: okay that's true was a slow week everyone was just talking about the one moment you know at the Oscars and so I did have to go pretty deep to find that news but thank you just Jared you always pull through for me she
3: does it for you guys (laughs) Um,
4: okay last one this is really good Kate go ahead Uh, I suppose this is social media as well so uh, (laughs) Ashley Tisdale did an interview with Architectural Digest the classic like home tour thing And there is a segment in this interview where she's talking about bookshelves that are behind her. And she says, these bookshelves, I have to be honest, actually did not have books in them a couple of days ago. I had my (laughs) husband go to a bookstore and I was like, you need to get 400 books. (laughs) And these bookshelves are (laughs) full of 400 books that previously did not belong to Ashley Tisdale and she has never read. So Sarah Caldwell on Twitter tweeted this into the world. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right now it has like 36,000 retweets and quote tweets. So Ashley Tisdale replied to defend herself and said, let's clear this up. There are some of my books from over the years in there. But yeah, 36 shelves that hold 22 books I did not have. And any interior designer would have done the same. They do it all the time. I was just honest about it. So how do we feel about, first of all, the, the, the fact that she did this? Second of all, the fact that she admitted it. And third of all, is she right? Does everyone do this? And should she, we just, you know, be happy that she was honest? thoughts? Amelia, I mean, like, you want to go first? What are your thoughts on this?
3: I I mean, yeah, I do whatever Ashley Tisdale, you do whatever you want. Honestly, she's right. People do do this. Do yeah. we really think that Cara Delving had a vagina tunnel like f- 5 minutes before the AD yes. shoot? She's I don't. Psycho. I don't. No. Do I think cannot compare. Playing crea- up with no, it. I'm sorry.
4: You can't compare building a vagina tunnel from your kitchen to wherever the hell it went in your house <laughs> to just filling bookshelves with fake books. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry. Totally I can't, different. and I just did. <gasps> okay, no. totally the intention different. is right.
2: Her her theory is right. And then, like, it's okay. You know, I always get more annoyed at this. It gets so mad. They get so defensive. It's like, just let it be funny online, you know, like you know to make right. it so serious. It's like, no, everybody stages their home, obviously anyone would do that. I just doesn't, you don't have to say it. It sucked the fun out of it. But I, in general, enjoy this news a lot. And actually, oh, go ahead, Kate.
4: I just, what I don't understand is why have this massive bookshelf wall in your house if you don't intend on having any books in there until Architectural Digest comes? And No. And what was in
2: there before? Right? Okay. Mm. But you guys know, no one responded to me in this group chat, and that's fine, <laughs> but I went down a rabbit hole of, like, celebrity bookshelves, which is actually fascinating. I was apparently the only one who enjoyed it, but these celebrity bookshelves are constantly filled with shit that actually doesn't feel like it belongs to them. Kris Jenner, in particular, has this—it's, like, her old version of Kris Jenner, you know what I mean, when they still had, like, mm. kind of fun with their houses, but— um, it's all filled with crap that like is not intention to be there, that they've never touched with their hands. Like it's all, so that's what I'm saying. Ashley Tisdale, it's fine. Everyone has fake bookshelves. The only person who has a real bookshelf, it appears, is Obama because his is pretty sparse. His has like mm. three books. I think that he's like personally recommended and like a, you know, a couple other like Chotskys, but it's okay.
4: Let's laugh about it. Let's have some fun, please. <laughs> Fair enough. But also if you don't read very much, you don't have to have bookshelves in your house. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. 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 <laughs>
1: This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
0: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A T L A ssia at Lassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
2: Okay, we're going to move on to cringe mode. We are on the third installment of the Hunger wow. Games series. We only got one more after this. We're doing good. I've actually enjoyed the ride. This one was tougher than the others, but better than our average cringe run choices. Um so Little we're bar. doing the hu-
3: bar.
4: <laughs> Indeed. We're doing The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Kate the plot. You know, I was thinking about this. I did one of those days where I was like, I'm going to have to think about this ahead of time. <laughs> Didn't write anything down, come on. But uh, you know not that much happens in this movie, which I think is kind of always the case with part 1 of mm. movies, like yeah. Part mm-hmm. 1 Breaking Dawn, Part 1 <laughs> Deathly Hallows. <laughs> Part one, Dune, you know, I'm like, hey, this, that. Yeah. M- I guess Dune is an exception, but it's it's the filler movie, really, to set it's up the, the setup, big battle, yeah. the big battle at the end. Yeah. Uh, so in this movie, we have Katniss Everdeen, who has been rescued from the Hunger Games. She is traumatized. Keita is still a captive. And basically, there's this mean new president of District 13, Julianne Moore, who's leading this revolution. And she wants Katniss to be like this figurehead and this symbol and she wants her to film propaganda and really rile everyone up and make them rebel. And Katniss doesn't want to do it. She uh, decides to do it because she wants them to rescue PETA who is doing interviews from the Capitol. He looks tortured. He's saying things that he doesn't mean. He's like, please stop the rebellion. She's like, he doesn't mean it. Everyone's like, he sucks. He has given in. She's like, obviously he's being tortured, which clearly he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, Katniss decides to do it. She goes out. She films all these propaganda films, which we'll talk about. And then at the end of the movie, they go on uh, like a rescue mission. Gail goes, a couple other people go to mm-hmm. rescue PETA. And it turns out that PETA has been tortured and tries to kill Katniss. So they like condition mm-hmm. him to think that Katniss is evil and want to kill her. And that's where the movie ends. Did I miss anything <laughs> significant? Honestly, not not that no. much happens
2: in this one. Not a fun ride as no. we'll discuss. No, it's really but not. Tough, tough watch. Yeah. Yeah. But let's
3: start with the highlights. Um, Amelia, what's your first highlight? I, you know, I was watching this and I said to myself, wow, just when you thought you couldn't have this cast be more stacked. They have Mahershala Ali and Julianne Moore join, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, great. Awesome. Um, It reminds me of it, it. To me, this is a very much like an American Harry Potter casting equivalent where they just took all the, they're like, oh, you're a famous British actor. You're in the Harry Potter movies. And they're kind of doing the same thing, but with American actors for for this movie. So
4: yeah, it is a really rock solid cast. I will say. It is indeed. Um, I forgot. First of all, I did forget Mahershala Ali was in this. No memory of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think I haven't seen the next one. I think this was the last one that I had seen. So the next one will be uh, a surprise for all of us. Um, I did forget that Natalie Dormer was in this and this was like the height of like her Game of Thrones fame and like everyone was like teen oh. team Marjorie uh, was when she was like really conniving <laughs> and like 2014 was like I don't know I guess the peak of her arc uh, mm. to a degree and she I remember it was like a big deal when she got cast in this and she showed up with like a mm. half sha- she was doing interviews for Game of Thrones and she had the half shaved head that she had for this movie <laughs> oh. Um, and it just made me sad because I remember oh. the last thing but last time I talked about her on this podcast, she was doing ads for Crocs. And I was like, Natalie, like, how, oh. how did we end up here? And oh. I just love her. And I want to know where she went. So She I should was, be
2: cast in more roles like this.
4: She's yeah. kick ass. Yeah, She's great. She and yeah. I don't know where she went after Game of Thrones, but I miss her. And I want her to come back. So that was a highlight for me was mm. to, to be reminded of her. Mm-hmm. Um, another <laughs> highlight is Katniss just gets red to filth by Gail. <laughs> She, they're in the, you know, where District 12 was. I think they're, you know, looking. They was bombed. They're like exploring the wreckage. And Gail says, I'm in pain. That's the only way I can get your attention, which is honestly so fucking true. She only likes sad boys that are in pain that she can rescue. Like she didn't give a fuck about Gail the entire time they were in the Hungry Ants. It was like pita, pita, pita. And then anytime Gail like got whipped or like when he went on this little rescue mission, then she was like. Where's Gail? Is Gail okay? I care yes. about Gail. And then when yes, PETA is in the Capitol, she doesn't give a fuck about PETA most of the time. But when he's in the Capitol and he's being tortured, she's like, gotta rescue PETA. Is PETA okay? I'll do anything for PETA. And I'm like, no, I don't, no. like, she is just only likes to rescue these boys. She only likes them yeah. when they're in pain. And it's the only way they can get their, her attention for real. That is so true. Yeah. I agree. So, also, a uh,
2: little manipulative with the kisses when when, and where she chooses very, to plant those. Yes. And I actually didn't like it. Did not like, <laughs> she gives them a kiss when they like need it most or when they're at their weakest Damn. point. And she did it to Gail. And that's where I draw the line because it, <laughs> normally with Peter, the last couple movies, I'm like, well, he's okay. But now I'm like, no, you shan't do that to both of them mm-hmm. because that's not right. A little manipulative of no. her. I
4: know, mm-hmm. really tough. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, agreed. I guess that was maybe a low light, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um also on that note speaking of gail he did good this movie this is a star vehicle for my man gail he <laughs> pita was basically away the whole time loved it it was time for gail to protect <laughs> her and the district and the peace and stability of the whole nation and i mm. loved it and i loved it and he pulled through
4: you know he did absolutely. all right yeah absolutely yeah, i'll have, I'll have more to say about that Peta. He complains way less than
2: PETA. That is true. true. That should be said. Low bar.
4: It's true. Um, A highlight for me is that I love that Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is just like the chillest rebel leader of all Mm. time. There isn't a single thing that happens in this series that makes him raise his voice or Uh be concerned. Like anything could be happening. And he's like, she's the Mockingjay. She'll be fine. Or it's like... Mm. uh, talk to President Snow, you're recording. And it's like you are like his resting heart rate has to be like 50. (laughs) Like he has never had a cup of coffee in his entire life. He's just so mellow, so relaxed. I'm just like, Mm. I want you to, I don't know, teach my English class or something. He just seems like like the calm, chill teacher energy. That's funny. Um, Yeah, agree. And I do have to say, I found it very sad, although it was kind of a highlight in terms of like, you know, the fact that they did it. Um, But he passed away a few months before this Mm -hmm. movie came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next movie is the last film that he ever shot and they didn't mm-hmm. finish shooting it. Um, but there is an in-loving memory of Phil Seymour Hoffman credit on this movie. And also he's just so great in this movie. He is I think so it would have been it would have been a real bummer if like, you know, obviously it's the Hunger Games, like it's a young adult trilogy. I think people would have been like, oh, like he should have done a prestige movie for his last movie. But he's such a highlight and such a standout yes. that in his character is very important to like the narrative, especially in the next movie. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just it's just nice that he kind of had one last one last time to yeah. shine. Yeah, yeah, agreed. One more highlight. The actual official soundtrack for these movies uh, were like a big deal. Like like I said, like Taylor Swift, Lord got in on them. And this movie specifically, uh, Lord released Yellow Flicker Beat. I don't know if anyone remembers that song. I thought it was great. It plays in the credits of this movie. And then she also did a cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World that I still play all the time. I don't know what playlist I have <laughs> that it's on, but it comes up a lot. Ooh. And I'm always like, oh yeah, this is great. Um, <laughs> so funny. yeah, like they did those like official playlists where a bunch of artists would like record songs that were in the theme of the movie, Um, like how they did for like Black Panther and stuff like that. And so I just, Mm. it was a good Lord era for sure. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Let's
2: do the lowlights. This is a hefty one. Go ahead, Kate.
4: (laughs) Guys, I felt crazy. I logged on on a Tuesday, which is Mm. earlier than I would normally do this and logged on to Hulu, which has had uh, all four Hunger Games movies for us previously. And typed in Mockingjay Part 1. Nothing came up. And I was like, what's going on here? Did I I misremember? Is it called something else? Mm. No. Hulu pulled the Hunger Games off of their service in the middle of our Cringe Mode series. People were pissed. (laughs) I searched on Twitter to make sure I wasn't going crazy. Uh, People were like, oh my God, my comfort movies, the Hunger Games, have been taken off of Hulu. Hulu was like, yeah, sorry. (laughs) I know. I was like, are the kids okay? Um, But... Yeah, Hulu was like, sorry, our 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 streaming rights expired. I was like, excuse you, it's the ten no, year didn't anniversary. Did they say like our vo- we volunteered as tribute? Yeah, and they made a bad d- joke. D- yeah, uh, but yeah, in our time of need, they abandoned us. We had to go to sketchy streaming sites. for this It's one. never
2: easy for us to watch these cringe modes never. every week. We get tested, and it and I thought it was it's too good to be true for it to just be on Hulu. <laughs> I know, not even like the premium version, which we've had to do before. It's, it's just, of course, but at least we're almost done. Yeah. We only got almost. one more movie.
3: it's <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> another low Light, Amelia?
3: Um, I just think in general, these movies are a lot less fun. They are depressing. I mean, it was two and a half hours of death of children, sex trafficking, propaganda from... Uh, both the perceived bad guys and the perceived good guys. It was just like, oh my God. Trauma, so much trauma and nightmares and tears. And I was like, oh my God. Also, it just
2: kind of soured even because you know, you you are riled up against the Capitol. You like want them all to win. But then all the stuff that they have to do to like like, you know, the documentary footage and them, yeah. like, being really, um, like, stagey about this whole thing. Like, it just, that's not even right. fun to watch either.
4: Right. So, it's just Because there not... are no good guys, right? Like, ultimately, right. in the yeah. final book, is, like, she realizes the people she's working for, are, like, manipulating her, and she has to, like, sort of, you know, take the revolution on herself. But it, in this particular movie, it's tough when she's, like, realizing these people yeah. do not have, The best intentions. I don't
3: like Julianne Moore's president lady. She's kind of a bitch. And I'm like, you know what? You suck. She seems sneaky
4: for
2: sure. She does. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And Also, no offense, but the resistance needs to use better critical thinking skills. Okay? I'm sorry. (laughs) They were all pissed off at PETA for (laughs) his pro-capital interview. And it's like, do you not know that you left him there for dead? He got captured. What do you think is happening? I think he's probably doing something to save his own ass. And they're just like, oh, oh, "Well, screw him. He's an evil person." And it's just like, "Can you for 2 seconds stop and think maybe?" And 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 then uh, the president Julianne Moore is just like, "Well, okay, I'm not giving a pardon." okay, well, if you're not going to be our Mockingjay. And it's like, bitch, oh my God, you know? <laughs> uh, great point. And that leads uh, me into my point. low
4: light, which is my biggest pet peeve. And I feel like I've talked about this on this podcast before. My biggest pet peeve with like these chosen ones stories were like, I mean, it happens in books. It happens in movies. There's like, you know, these people who you don't expect to be, you know, these saviors and they do all these heroic and legendary things in like, you know, the first couple books or the first couple movies or over the course of a TV show and they save the world and they save society. And then in the next fucking book or the next episode or the next movie, there's always someone who's like, Ooh, like you're a teenager. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we can trust you. Or like, how do we know that they can handle this? I'm like, mm-hmm. they literally have, have saved the world. Like she, yeah. did you not see re- what happened she, two seconds ago? Yeah, Right. She's you've, they broadcast her winning the first hunger games, killing all these people, being smart, being intelligent. Second hunger games. She started a rebellion, like single-handedly brought down this entire arena, not single-handedly. She had a lot of help, but she brought down the entire arena. She's done all these heroic and amazing things. And, fucking President Coin or whatever is like, ooh, like, I don't know if she can do it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it happens every time. It happens in Harry Potter. They're like, Mm -hmm. ooh, I don't know about Harry. I'm like, how many times has he fucked up Voldemort in the first four books? (laughs) like, we can't can't give him the benefit of doubt in the fifth book. No, it just kills me every time. I know it's a narrative device, but it's a really- No, it's annoying. I agree.
2: (laughs) I have a counterpoint, which is my next low light. This girl, all she had to do- to film this stuff is to get up on a stage. Her hair was all nice and braided. The wind was blowing from a fan. All she had to do is, you know, we are the resistance. We will fight. I will lead you. Okay? That's all she had to say. Couldn't do it. Cannon's was just like, "Uh, uh, uh." and then they were like, (laughs) okay, how does she do her best work? By seeing what's out there. Okay? So she can't recite three lines convincingly on camera. Fine. They go to the district And through a couple other things—basically, an entire hospital gets bombed. A bunch of Mm -hmm. people die—women, children, men—because she had to see it for herself. And then she gives the most convincing, like, we are the resistance, blah, blah. (laughs) And, like, could you not have just drummed up that yourself? Why Mm -hmm. did you—I mean— and not her fault per se, but an entire hospital full of people, good people died because she couldn't recite three lines. So yeah. Kate, I'm not I do get it, but like could she not have just come up with that on her own and just kind of saved, you know, a bunch of people? You know I totally,
4: I, mean? I totally agree. And I am gonna expand on that in our next category, which is MVPs. But we'll fine. I'll will I'll fine, put a pin fine. in that for two seconds. Okay. Two fine. seconds. My final highlight, or no low light, is I don't know if anyone remembers this, but so she sings this song <laughs> in this movie. It's like mm-hmm. this, you know, they're they're sitting by a, a creek and she sings this song that I guess she heard when she was younger called The Hanging Tree. And it became a radio hit, like for real. I was working, it was 2014. I was in college. I was working in a candy store. At the mall, they just play the radio constantly, like whatever the main pop radio station is. And I have vivid memories of working in the candy store and hearing a pop remix it's not pop remix but a remix of fucking hmm. Jennifer Lawrence singing the hanging tree from the Hunger Games Mockingjay part 1 on popular <laughs> radio all the time all the time mm. it peaked on the billboard hot 100 at number 12 like well, this ax- was... This the, was the era song when
2: the public made the cup song or whatever. Exactly. Like, Ooh, and that, what was a, song. that was
4: the strategy. That was the strategy. I was reading <laughs> yeah. the Wikipedia about it because I wanted to know where it ended up on the Billboard Hot 100. And they were like, we wanted to do like the cup song like that. And yeah. that, I fucking remember working at the candy store during the cup song too. Like yeah, I had a song in my brain. Yeah, and cool. it was the exact same thing for somehow we as a society allowed this to happen twice. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the
2: cu- wait, the cup song for those who don't know is what, Pitch Perfect?
4: Yeah, right. Yeah, which right. I've always wanted to do on Cringe Mode, and Liz has uh, resisted. But I hate that movie so much. It is can't. <laughs> tailor made, tailor made for Cringe Mode. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so my low light is the goddamn hanging a tree song. That is a I horrible will, song. You're she, right. I mean, she doesn't have a very good voice. It's fine. Like it's fine it's in an the context okay song. Not in a the context of no, so? the movie, because I'm not. I'm in not, the context I of the it movie, bad. it's fine. But. Really? On, uh, on like, you know, B102.9 in Lafayette, no. you know, Indiana. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't need to be hearing this in the mall. I feel like no,
2: so. it's a
3: bad song. It's a bad yeah. song.
2: <laughs> okay, let's do MVP. Um, Amelia, go ahead.
3: God, I hated this movie. Uh, I think <laughs> I'll give it to Effie because of her whole, her new look. Yeah. She's I great. Don't know. She's yeah, great every I liked time. Her. Yeah, she is. She's fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm bringing it
4: back to Liz's, okay. Liz's previous point. My MVP is this poor production crew. She goes out there with Natalie Dormer and her squad of like documentary filmmakers. And they're supposed to create content starring the world's most difficult talent. So mm-hmm. they all they have to do is film her. Natalie Dormer is feeding her lines. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, look at this camera. What's behind you, Katniss? Like, tell me this. She refuses to stick to the script. Like Liz said, she goes into this hospital. She she doesn't want to go into the hospital either. Nellie Dormer mm-hmm. has to be like, go talk to them. Like, c- please let me create please. something out of this job. Uh, <laughs> right. She's right. running towards bombers. They're like, uh. they're like, oh, let's let's shelter. And she's like, no, let's go towards them. So then they have to follow her if they want any sort of usable content. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's just a nightmare job as content mm-hmm. creators. You know, we've all had difficult talent in our times. And I could just picture them being like, oh, my God, you met Katniss Everdeen. And then being like, yeah, a bit, bit of a diva, you know, <laughs> wow. she is a bit of a diva. <laughs> in She's this got movie. a lot of demands. She's got a lot she of does. demands uh, and she does not have a natural talent for acting.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I didn't pick an MVP. I picked an LVP. Our poor man, PETA, I do have to say, in this movie got the Kristen Stewart pregnant Twilight CGI treatment. Does that make sense? Was that a cohesive <laughs> way to say that? 100%. Yes. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen Stewart in one of the Twilights as she becomes pregnant, the baby, as I'm sure the you all one. listen, and it's Breaking Dawn part one. So okay, roll parallels go. here. Um, the baby's like eating her from the inside out and is like destroying her, breaking her bones, et cetera. So Kristen Stewart through CGI looks absolutely skeletal and insane and not her. Poor PETA, Josh Hutcherson got the same CGI treatment, same people mm. probably, and had to also in a similar way make it seem like he has been tortured and starved and beaten to death by the Capitol. So mm. they, it's a similar CGI treatment. The man, not too good does not look too good and I feel bad he got the same same visual treatment as uh, it's the Kristen same Stewart. team
4: they saw Twilight and they were like yes and then they this they is what we want the exact same people well, agreed I guess it worked it did work Well, wow. wow.
2: yeah more convincing with PETA than it was Kristen Stewart um, that's true okay let's quickly do lightning round before we move on to the last category uh, lightning round questions and number one the best rebellion fit Amelia
3: again Effie I loved her pivot to you know rebellion person so okay yeah she calls it like team team
4: jumpsuit which Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) she's not happy about but she's
4: pulling it off um there was one line that i thought was like very tea time core which is they they're talking about katniss's like you know makeover for broadcast and they go she's a child and you made her look 35 i was like Mm. they they millie bobby browned our girl like how many times have we complained about taking a teenager and, Mm -hmm. you know, making her look way older than she is. So I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, agreed. And then my other uh, rebellion fit, uh, Cressida's chats are pretty cool. Natalie Dormer's got like an Ivy thing going all the way down her head and her arm. Uh, And then Julianne Moore, as President Coin has like the e-girl bangs that are very (laughs) in right now. (laughs) She's got like the dark hair and then the white, the white e-girl bangs. Yeah. I was like, damn, she was ahead of the trend on that
2: one. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Also, I know we already talked about the jumpsuits a little bit with Effie, but in general, I think Jennifer Lawrence has a great one, very tailored to her. I mm-hmm. almost bought a very similar looking like canvas jumpsuit from Good American the other day, Ooh! and I did <laughs> But I was like, that looks
4: familiar. <laughs> very cute.
2: Very cute stuff in District nice. uh, 13 or 11.
4: Yeah. Okay. 13.
2: Um, okay. Based on the movie so far. So now this is our third one. Are mm-hmm. you guys Team Gail or Team PETA, Amelia?
3: I'm team Hamish again at this point. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. She's barely in this one. At least you're loyal. No, And that's why I'm going to give it to him because he had no time to fuck it up. So. Fair enough. He sobers up. He sobers up. He does. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
4: Listen, I've been team PETA on the last two pods. And in the interest of fairness, like I got to give this one to Gail. Thank you. It's team Gail. This movie. I've been waiting. He is out there with his fucking flaming crossbow thing, putting in the work. (laughs) Running towards the bombers with Katniss. Mm, Uh, He risked his life to rescue Katniss's other boyfriend. He was like, I will go on this dangerous rescue mission to rescue the guy that you have been fake dating and kissing on live television uh, that the entire nation ships you with instead of me. That's Mm -hmm. selfless. Uh, And also he wears a, a black knitted sweater that he looks really good in for a large portion of this movie. So Team Kate, Gale all the way you. to this movie. <laughs> thank you. I've picked Team Gale the last two movies. So if I
2: I would be remiss to not pick him this time. You're right. this, this is, time this you're is right. a vehicle. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, we got you're one welcome. more Hunger Games before we're done. We're almost there. Woo. Almost. Okay. So tea Times Unanswerable Questions. Last category. Let's do it, Amelia.
3: Um, okay, so I've been playing a lot of Mario Party lately, and I was just wondering. My friend made fun of me for the character that I usually choose to play as, which is Waluigi. And I was wondering, who is your favorite Mario character to play as? And is Waluigi embarrassing to play as?
2: I like Donkey Kong. Ooh. Oh,
4: wow. Oh, I
3: This is really. a real insight
4: into someone's soul, I think. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I like Toad. I like the little oh, mushroom. Is cute. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I when I'm feeling annoying, I go Princess
2: Peach, but I actually like Donkey mm. Kong better. I feel like that's I more love m- that- who I am on the inside.
3: <laughs> I love that you like playing as Donkey Kong. This is- <laughs> <He's-> wow, <laughs> this is. I wasn't expecting this, but I love it.
2: Wait, okay. Nice. Can you repeat which one you like? I'm. Ha- I have all of them Wala- pulled we-
3: is up. Is he the one with the mustache? He's the one with the mustache and the little rose, and he's. Um, he is. Purple, he's like the doppelganger to Luigi, so he's like the villain to Oh he mm. uh, yeah,
2: I see that he's the arch rival. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fun though.
3: Yeah, it That's is fun. Thing. What are you playing that mm. on? Uh the Switch. Hmm. Oh,
2: I need something like that. I, I want, think I you like it, the Mario games a it's, lot.
3: They're fun. They're actually like they'll take they'll suck hours away from you. So yeah. I mean I well, a big ca- games person. Remember when you were really into uh, Animal Crossing? <laughs> Yes. That's when I originally got the
4: Switch, right?
3: That is the reason yeah. why. I'm still playing my farm games on my iPhone. If, you know, the Sims came out with a new game, I would also play that and clog up my work computer, but I'm not gonna do that. So
2: Maybe I need I maybe I need this because Candy Crush just is not cutting it for me anymore. I, I my hours have been really down. My pace is slowed, so I need something new in my life.
3: I think you need this. And okay. again, Donkey Kong looks great in the graphics. So <laughs> okay, there you go. perfect.
2: Um, okay, here's my question. Very curious what you guys think. So Netflix is coming out with a new rom com. It's called Choose Love, and it's mm-hmm. Netflix's first ever interactive rom com. I don't know if you guys were big Black Mirror fans, but if you remember, yes. like the Choose Your Own Adventure of the Black Mirror. I did that. Um, Bandersnatch or whatever Uh so they're doing that with a rom-com so you will be able to as a viewer make romantic decisions for the characters in this movie so it'll be like what journeys the main characters like take on the course of their love story and then like there are multiple endings multiple storylines multiple ways this could end up wow and they, they say that they range from more serious ethical oh. dilemmas to oh frivolous God. truth or dare games. Okay. Do you guys like this? Or are you watching a rom-com and any movie just to like, tell me what's going Like do something <laughs> for me. I don't want inter- to, you know what I mean? Do you like it is, this or i added
4: work. It's added work. I'm in. I'm sorry. Some of us are very single and we need to live vicariously through other people's relationships. Can't so. you just watch a rom-com though? Do you need to pick the- like, <laughs> I need to be involved. I need to be like, oh, okay. I am I part I of this I relationship. Sure. <laughs> uh, I am making decisions on behalf of these people. I I'm see. in. I'm in on that. Yeah.
3: yeah. I Yeah, this sounds like fun. I I enjoyed the Bandersnatch or whatever. So I'm sure I'll yeah. try this. Uh, have you ever um, read one of those books that's like choose your own adventure books? Those are fun yeah. too. So no? I assume it's kind of Oh, wow. I wasn't similar. expecting you guys to be
2: so pro- yeah. True, like the, this Netflix interactive stuff. You know what we yeah. should do? We should do when this comes out. I don't know when it will, but we should do a cringe mode and we all pick and then Ooh, we can all say like, what happened in the <laughs> plot fun. for us yeah. and see what happened. Nice. Okay, we should great. definitely do I guess, that. okay I guess I'm alone on this island.
4: Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Um, Kate, what's your question? All right, final one. Eric Church canceled an entire concert so that he mm. can watch UNC play Duke in the final four. Wow. My question is, if you were a musical artist, is there a TV event or any other event really so significant that you would cancel a concert to watch it? And if so, would you, as Eric Church did, be honest and tell people that that's why you were canceling? Because people are pissed (laughs) people are very
2: pissed and my answer is I would not tell a soul that I was canceling it for that reason but I would find yeah I could come up with a whole lot that'd be like you know what I've been on tour for 10 years this one show I'm gonna move a day also this game is huge like really 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 huge I'm gonna be at a wedding during it and my fiance is trying to plan around like where he's gonna watch it it is (laughs) to his credit to Eric Church's credit big game but yeah it wouldn't take much for me to cancel a concert
4: what would you? Anything. What would you do it for? Is there like a musical artist or? A, a oh, like ditch TV my own show? concert to go yeah, see another concert? The, yeah, oh, would sure. you Like, what would you if you Liz Kelly were like a, a music star? Like, what would you ditch it for?
2: Yeah, any concert that I wanted to go see it for, um, a family recital, maybe family dinner. Wow, friend wow. will be in town. They just bail on thousands and thousands <laughs> yeah. of people. He performs like for constantly. Any, I yeah. mean, I don't know. What do you guys think, Amelia? What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't see. I don't think I love anything. I'm happy that he loves something enough that he has to watch this, you know? Um, what about if it was like UN... the
2: most juicy episode of reality TV that was like the oh. most anticipated night of the year?
3: Okay, well then, yeah, I'm definitely canceling. Um, <laughs> I knew that it would be something in that vein. Yeah. yeah. Is he a UNC fan or a Duke fan? A UNC fan, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
4: Maya, yeah. uh, I was thinking about, because, you know, I'm a rule follower. And sure. I was like, what? what like one-time event? Would I would I have to see. And mm-hmm. I decided that it would only be if One Direction united and played the Super Bowl halftime oh, wow. show. <laughs> oh wow. I love this. Like maybe like how Beyonce brought Destiny Child back. Like I don't mm-hmm. need them for the whole time, but like Harry Styles featuring One Direction, mm. is also with Zane. Zayn would also have to be there. Okay. Um Damn. Well that's I never think, happening. But here's but... what I would do. I would never admit it. Like I would never, I would never tell people that. Yeah. I would like lay some groundwork. So like two concerts before like oh I hurt my ankle on stage but like I'm walking it off I'm walking it off it's fine the next concert like I have an ankle brace or you know (laughs) you you get laryngitis and you're like coughing (laughs) like you gotta lay the groundwork and like give yourself like the plausible deniability so then by the third concert you have to be like I'm really sorry like I broke my leg or like I'm really sorry like it's COVID or like you know like you gotta (sighs) lay some groundwork do the work And then cancel the concert.
3: I think that's good. I think that's smart. There's something about Eric Church being honest
0: that I I I know. It's actually I know very refreshing. Yeah,
3: because I can also see this. You know, a a year from now, being I mean, maybe not in the Hollywood, but like you know how they always have like those little stories. Remember, there's that one story about. Jared Leto getting really pissed off that Joaquin Phoenix got the Joker and the, it's like this little blurb in the Hollywood reporter and now everyone's like oh my god and you know it, like it, it, people are going to spill the beans eventually. Right. It would have come true. out cuz
4: he's true, like true, this true. huge fan. And if you know me as a musical artist like let's pretend people are going to know that I'm obsessed with One Direction and it, it's right. a yeah, coincidental exactly. thing that I canceled it. You know what I mean? So like people right. would have known. But I feel like you have to give yourself the plausible deniability, you know? Sure. <laughs> just true. To, true. to keep Miley Cyrus calls being I'm going
2: to cancel just about anything. That's my real yeah. answer. Is that yeah. what I was able to meet her.
4: Okay, Great.
2: okay. That's it for this week. Nice and nice and tight compared to how we normally do it. Um, <laughs> thank you so much to Kaya, our producer. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate
4: Howell, and I'm Amelia Weinberg.